We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The author of a book due out this summer, Showtime, the inside story of Shohei Otani and the greatest baseball season ever played. His name is Jeff Fletcher, and he joins us here as our clubhouse insider from Fenway Park. Jeff, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Looking forward to the book. We've seen some of the excerpts from it. I guess I'll start with what happened after the 2020 season. So we have the weird COVID year. Shohei's not good in the 20 year. How close? Obviously, MVP year last year. How close were they, do you think, Jeff, to saying, hey, you're not going to be a two-way play after what happened in 2020? Well, I think he was on his last chance, basically. Going into the 21 season, I think they basically said, all right, this is your last shot to be a two-way player if you – fail to perform or get hurt then that's going to be it you know we're going to scrap it during the 20 season a little bit he worked out at first base and right field and I think they were just kind of like planning for what might happen and uh you know he, he redid his uh his whole kind of workout regimen over the winter he went to driveline and and I think he was just healthy he had some more time passed from Tommy John surgery and the Angels also took all the restrictions off him, you know, in, in 2021. There was no more of this, you know, he can't pl- hit the day before or the day after he pitches. And all these things kind of added up to, to just be the perfect storm, and it certainly worked. Oh, it sure did. I'm curious in the recruitment process, because I, I wasn't following it as closely when he ended up with the Angels. Was Did he fight to say, hey, when I come over here, I'm going to end up being a two-way player? What was that process like coming over uh, and being able to convince a team I can do both things? Well, I think that that was his goal to begin with. Any team that would sign him was he wanted to be a two-way player. So I think that the the teams, you know, that were in the National League sort of had to convince him that there was some way they could make that work because he wasn't really too thrilled with with playing the outfield. So that sort of eliminated half the teams to begin with. And uh, I think any team would have given him a chance to be a two-way player just because there was really no risk to it or no downside. You know, they weren't investing a whole lot of money in him, and he'd certainly proven he could do it in Japan. So, uh, you know, the American League teams that wanted him, I'm sure all would have given him the opportunity to try, you know, and then, and then it was up to him to, to prove he could do it, which, which he did in 2018, and then he got hurt, and it, it kind of took him a while to get back there. We're talking to the author of Showtime, the inside story of Shohei Otani and the greatest baseball season ever played, Jeff Fletcher. You can pre-order right now uh, on Amazon, the book due out in July. Obviously, the, the comp that you hear from, you know, morons like me who don't see him every day is, <laughs> He's the modern-day Babe Ruth, Jeff. You wrote the book on Shohei Otani. How do you react when people compare him to Babe Ruth, largely considered the greatest living baseball player of all time? Well, I think that there's a lot of problems with that comparison. Obviously, people make it just because Ruth was the last guy to be successful as a hitter and a pitcher at the same time. But Babe Ruth was nothing like Shohei Otani because Babe Ruth really didn't want to be a two-way player. By all the research I've done, he was a pitcher, and then he realized he could be a pretty good hitter, and there were two seasons of overlap while he was trying to convince the Red Sox <laughs> to only let him hit. And he's, they still kind of made him pitch a little bit, and he didn't really like it, and he pouted a little bit about it. and uh, you know, So he was a two-way player sort of by accident for a couple years, and then he got to the Yankees, and they didn't have him pitch at all, basically. Otani, on the other hand, has always wanted to do both, and he did both for the entire season. You know, Even in, in Ruth's two-way seasons, he only pitched like half as much as he would have pitched as a full-time pitcher. 
So it was very different. And, uh, and there's no way you can say that Otani is in the conversation with Ruth, unlike the all-time great players in history, just because he hasn't done it, you know, for hardly at all. He's really just had the one great season. But, uh, you know, it is it is kind of a thing that people like to throw out there. And it's neat that Otani is pitching in Fenway for the first time. So first time he's on the mound that Babe Ruth was on. So that's kind of cool. What's his preference, Jeff? You know, if you, if you, if you made him make a decision, right, you got to stay a pitcher or – full-time offensive player if a team made him do that what what is he more comfortable what does he like doing more you know I would have a different answer for that question oh. at different times when you ask me because there's certain times where it looks like he's a really good pitcher and he's not much of a hitter and then other times it flips so uh, the, the thing I would say is that he's never really been bad as a pitcher his problems as a pitcher have only been injury related whereas as a hitter there have been streaks you know for a month or whatever where he's not a very good hitter. So I think that probably pitching is his better skill. And uh, I think if you forced him to pick one, uh, that would probably be the one. He just had such an unbelievable year last year, and it led guys, again, morons like me on the radio, Jeff, to say, well, because he was so good at it, there are going to be more two-way players. You know, Tampa drafted one a couple years ago, who's still kind of a two-way player. But my theory was Shohei's opening the door for more guys who are going to pitch but also hit. It's good. It's good to promote more athletes that way into baseball. There's some flexibility there. Do you buy that argument that Shohei is some sort of uh, leader for a new group of baseball players that's going to want to do both things going forward in their major league careers? Uh, well, that's another thing. I think that it's accurate to say that Shohei Otani increases the chances of there being more two-way players, but it's also accurate to say that buying a second lottery ticket doubles your chances of being a millionaire <laughs> so uh the, the answer to that is basically it's still probably not going to happen because you still have to have incredible incredible talent and uh the other problem is that you have to have your talent developed at the same level because it, like a, a guy like rick Ankeel, you know if they could somehow have him pitched in the major leagues and still hit in the minor leagues until the hitting caught up then, you know, maybe he could have done it, but no team is going to be willing to do that. And, uh, you know, when Otani was at that stage where he was a better pitcher than a hitter, he was in Japan. And in Japan, they were willing to just let him, you know, kind of figure it out. And uh, major league teams are not. So you really have to to be at the same level with both skills, which is which is hard in itself, let alone even having those skills. So I don't think we're really going to see any other guys like Otani. What we may see is a few more guys like what Michael Lorenzen was doing with the Reds, where you've got a guy who is a relief pitcher and you can also use him to pinch hit or play outfield or, or, or a little bit a little bit of that, but certainly nobody who is who's a starting pitcher and, and batting, you know, third for you. And by the way, that makes sense, Jeff, because I mean you're you're seeing it right now in Major League Baseball. We saw it last night with a guy like Gary Whitlock. Like they, they he I know he started, but they've sort of minimized the sport has, I think, starting pitching. And so to your point, you could see a guy who is a good pitcher who is now pitching in a valuable role for a team, which has become this rover sixth, seventh, eighth inning role. And also hit, because it feels like starting pitching, quite frankly, is not as important as it was 10, 15 years ago in Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's just it's just really tough to uh, to do those two things, you know, be yeah. a, a really good hitter and a starting pitcher. And, uh, you know, it's you've got to be at such a high level to do that, not just be able to do it sort of okay, you know. Uh, so I, I just don't think we're going to see any more. And, Jeff, you, so you, I know you're on the beat for the Angels for eight years. You've covered the teams out there in L.A., but specifically on the team that's at Fenway right now because we see it and say, well, they have Shohei and they have Trout. How the hell is this not a perennial playoff team and contender? What What has held the Angels back the last couple of years, and you feel like this is the year they break through, break through and potentially make a run in the American League? 
Well, it's pretty simple. Their pitching hasn't been good enough. They've really just had a lot of injuries to their pitchers, and other pitchers have just not worked out. You know, they it seems like every year they they can't sign the pitchers that they want on the free agent market, and then the guys they settle for end up not being very good. So uh, this year, finally, it's looking, you know, it's obviously very early, but it's looking like it's worked a little bit. Uh, you know, Noah Syndergaard has been good. Michael Lorenzen was the other guy they signed to be a starter, and he's been pretty good. All the relievers they signed, you know, have been pretty good. Uh, Ryan Tapera and Aaron Loop, you know, they re-signed Rysel Iglesias as their closer. So it looks like they finally have the elements to to be have good pitching. And also last year, you know, Mike Trout only played like 36 games because he was hurt, and Anthony Rendon was kind of playing hurt the whole year and was really ineffective. So if those two guys are themselves and play for the whole year, that's a huge boost also. So uh, certainly this is a year they do have a chance. And, Jeff, I'm sure people have read the book. It's due out in July. What's What's been the biggest surprise? People say, boy, I didn't know this about Shohei, and I'm glad I read the book because of what what has stood out in their answers here as you get ready to send to, to print here in July. I think that the, the thing that I think most people are going to be most interested in is just sort of uh, what happened to him in between, you know, when he got to the big leagues and, and made the big splash in 2018 and 2021 because I think a lot of people thought he was going to be this superstar when he showed up, and then he was. And then he got hurt and just kind of disappeared. And I think a lot of people might have forgotten how good he could be until 2021. So that was obviously quite a journey for him to get from from point A to point B. And uh, hopefully that is the the part that uh, people find interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, You can get pre-order right now on Amazon Showtime, the inside story of Shohei Otani and the greatest baseball season ever played. He's the author, Jeff Fletcher. Jeff, thank you for taking a few minutes and, and good luck with the book this summer. All right. Thank you very much for having me. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.